0: What's next? I'll tell you what's next. Donald Trump is running a real estate class down at the Learning Annex in New York City, okay? It's going to cost you $250 to sit in a seat and listen to Donald Trump tell you everything he knows about real estate, okay? I can tell you what Donald Trump knows about real estate. I can tell you how Donald Trump became a great real estate guy. His father gave him millions of dollars to start out with, okay? Unless your father is going to give you millions of dollars, then Donald Trump can't teach you anything, okay? Here's the thing. If my father was a big ice cream guy, I would own a Baskin Robbins right now. If my father was a great actor, I'd be in Hollywood making movies. If my father ran whiskey during Prohibition, I'd be president right now. But I couldn't tell you how to do it because I wouldn't know how to do it. Somebody gave it to me, okay? Donald Trump inherited the real estate business from his father, okay? So this is the thing, when you're sitting at home and you're saying, hmm, should I pay $250 to go hear Donald Trump talk about real estate? The answer is no. Take the $250, go out and buy a ton of whiskey, and get drunk. Either way, you're gonna wake up in the morning with a headache. What's next, what's next, what's next?
1: Welcome to the underworld. I love America. all my life. If you don't know, you don't the, past, know the
3: past, you're only
1: you're doomed, only to, doomed repeat it. to repeat it. Welcome to Public Access America. This is your history. This is your, this country. Is your country. This is, America. This is America. America. Join us in listening to some of history's America's best Created by Codes Productions. Go back in Go time, back in with, time us. with us, right now, right now. on Public Access America. America.
3: Being a good business person has never proven to have any correlation with having knowledge about economics or having competence as a leader in government. But Donald Trump's supposed expertise in business has been his only claim to a credential in this race for president. Trump said in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, I'm running for office in a country that's essentially bankrupt and it needs a successful businessman. Donald Trump started his career in real estate with extraordinary training wheels when Trump graduated from college. His father, a real estate mogul in New York City, was one of the richest people in America. As Trump puts it, it has not been easy for me. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Of course, what Trump often doesn't mention is that in addition to that $1 million that his father gave him, he inherited around $40 million, he was handed his father's real estate empire, and he directly benefited from his father's connections and excellent credit. As I and many others have pointed out in the past, if Trump had taken that approximately $40 million that he received from his father decades ago, and instead of pursuing any business ventures whatsoever, had instead put them into everyday run-of-the-mill index funds and left the money untouched trump would be much richer than he is today he hasn't provided any proof to the american people as to how much he's worth forbes estimates four point one billion dollars bloomberg news estimates two point nine billion dollars but if he had instead just invested the money he got from his father he could have accumulated thirteen billion dollars you would have to be particularly incompetent to be unsuccessful in real estate in New York City when given such a head start and the financial foundation that Donald Trump had and plenty of American billionaires have had far more success starting with much less Trump's accomplishments in real estate have been average at best and a large amount of the success he has had especially during the latter part of his career has come from licensing out the Trump brand to projects. Instead of financing, building, and owning projects himself, Trump allows other companies to put the Trump name on their property and sits back and collects the profits. But while working on projects that he did own, he's declared bankruptcy four times and has failed to pay hundreds and hundreds of different companies that he's done business with. And outside of real estate, Trump has had a long list of miserable failures in other industries. And Trump has proven time and again that his time in the business world has given him very little economic insight. In 1991, Trump said publicly that Japan's economy was, quote, totally brilliant, right as the Japanese economy began going into a now infamous 10 year recession. In 1999, Trump said the U.S. was about to experience, quote, an economic crash like we've never seen before worse than the one in 1929 this was right before a large boost to the American economy and in 2006 shortly before the Great Recession caused by the burst of the housing bubble Donald Trump created his company Trump mortgage saying quote I think it's a great time to start a mortgage company the real estate market is going to be very strong for a long time to come the next year Trump's mortgage company folded and the US saw the beginning of the worst economic collapse since the Great Depression The Art of the Deal, the book that Donald Trump is always toting and telling people to read, telling government leaders to read because it's such a great guide to business and negotiation, turns out Trump didn't even write it. It was written by author Tony Schwartz. Trump may not have any experience in government leadership, and he may not be the self-made man and business genius that he often gets credit for. But what really matters is whether Donald Trump is looking out for the little guy. Does he have moral fiber as a human being? The Smoking Gun, an organization that publishes and analyzes legal documents, reviewed IRS documents filed by Trump over the last 25 years and concluded that Trump is probably the least charitable billionaire in the entire United States. Although he characterizes himself as a proud New Yorker, Donald Trump gave one small donation to September 11 relief, thousand dollars to a Scientologist charity. And by the way. He received $150,000 in federal 9-11 relief money that was supposed to go to small businesses that were affected by the attacks. Some of the largest donations that Donald Trump has ever made have been donations to his own children's schools, donations to Jenny McCarthy's anti-vaccination organization, donations that earned him conservation-related land development tax breaks, and a donation of land to the state of New York for the creation of Donald J. Trump State Park when Trump donated the property it happened to have been contaminated with asbestos records show that Donald Trump has given absolutely nothing to the Trump Foundation since 2008 a charitable organization that his own company set up and over a 19-year period the wrestling company world wrestling entertainment of all people had given more money to Trump's own foundation than Trump himself had given This year, the IRS and the Federal Election Commission accused Trump of violating federal election laws by exploiting his charities at his political rallies and using charitable donations for political gain. This was after Trump had already been deceptively funneling veterans donations into his own foundation for months. Trump has had a number of incidents involving charities in the past that are thought to probably constitute fraud under federal law. For example, while promoting his for-profit company called Trump University, Trump claimed that at least some proceeds would go to charity. None ever did. Speaking of Trump University, it is currently the subject of two federal lawsuits and one state lawsuit accusing the company of a number of illegal activities, including false claims and racketeering, getting more than 5,000 people to pay up to $35,000 each to the alleged scam. Suspiciously, attorneys general in two separate states that have been investigating Trump University decided to drop the probes right before receiving large donations from Trump to their respective elections. In one of the trials that did come to fruition, Trump called the federal judge Spanish and said that the proceedings were unfair (laughs) because the judge was of Mexican descent. This brings us to Trump's personality in terms of impulse control. None of us have ever seen, probably American history has never seen, a major presidential candidate that carries himself like Donald Trump, who will say anything despite any lack of rationality, decorum, or thought whatsoever. Trump has actually tried to spin this as a positive, arguing he's not going to shy away from telling, quote, the truth because of political correctness. At this point, Trump has said and done dozens upon dozens of things that would immediately disqualify any other candidate in the eyes of voters. Imagine a headline where Hillary Clinton has said that she doesn't like John McCain because he was captured and was a prisoner of war.
4: So I never liked him as much after that
3: because I don't like losers.
4: But he's a a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you.
3: Or. Imagine if you heard that Ted Cruz had mocked a disabled person.
4: "Oh, uh, I don't know what I said. Ah, uh, I don't remember." He's going like, "I don't remember." I thought, "Oh, maybe that's what I said."
3: Or if you saw Jeb Bush on TV calling Mexicans rapists.:
4: They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime. they're rapists.
3: It is unimaginable these candidates' poll numbers would have tanked instantly and never recovered. This all speaks to Trump being unfit for the presidency but above all else we should be judging donald trump as a candidate based on his policy positions and his values about governing these values are of course difficult to nail down and take seriously since trump has flip-flopped on a wide variety of issues supported and donated to democrats and taken multiple or every possible position on many issues many of his positions during the twenty sixteen campaign have been the polar opposites of what he's espoused in the past
5: Are you for invading iraq
4: yeah i guess So, uh... Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? Gaddafi in Libya is killing thousands of people, and we're sitting around, we have soldiers all over the Middle East, and we're not bringing them in. Now, we should go in, we should stop this guy, which would be very easy and very quick. He said I was in favor of Libya? I was, I never discussed that subject. I was in favor of Libya. We would be so much better off if Gaddafi were in charge right now.
1: In 2000, his book, The America We Deserve, he advocated an assault weapon ban and a longer waiting period for gun purchases. Now, Trump's latest gun plan calls for a national right to concealed carry. Now, he has vowed to undo President Obama's modest gun executive orders. He also wants to get rid of all the gun-free zones at schools.
4: Everybody's going to be taken care of much better than they're taking care of now. The uninsured person right is going to be taken care They're of going to be taking universal health care I am going to take care of everybody everybody's got to be covered the government's gonna pay for it but we're gonna save so much money on the other side Donald true or false you have said the government should pay for everyone's health care that's false you've never that's said false. that I'm I'm very pro-choice but you would not ban it no or ban partial birth no abortion. I would I would I am I am pro-choice in every respect I hate the concept of abortion should abortion be punished
3: there has to be some form of punishment for the woman. Yeah. But let's take a look at what he says he believes now and what he tells us he would do as president. Trump's economic advisors are his biggest campaign donors like real estate billionaire Steve Roth, real estate billionaire Thomas Barrick, and oil executive billionaire Harold Hamm. Trump wants to do away with what little financial reform we even have now to curb Wall Street recklessness. When asked what he would do about Wall Street, Trump says, quote, I would say it'll be close to dismantling Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank is a very negative force, which has developed a very bad name. Trump wants to cut taxes by $12 trillion. The top 1% wealthiest people in the U.S. would see 37% of those tax cuts and most people in America would see basically no change to their taxes. Both progressive and conservative analysts have said that this plan is beyond untenable. A Washington Post study finds that Trump's tax cuts would add about $10 trillion to the national debt. During his campaign, Trump has switched back and forth between either supporting no increase to the federal minimum wage or abolishing it altogether. He's now seeming to stick to a $10 federal minimum wage, but it's hard to tell if he's even convinced about what should happen. Uh, so you go with the states, but and the, let states the states have the authority the now to
4: do that. But there has to be a federal they minimum wage. They do. What would you set the federal minimum it wage? It doesn't at? have to be. Well, I, I would leave it and raise it somewhat. Well, give but me, give me ten bucks. But ten? I would say ten. I would say ten. But- All right.
3: Trump is anti-science. He doesn't believe that climate change is man-made. He said multiple times that it is a hoax made up by the Chinese. He's talked about banning all Muslims from the U.S. as well as tracking them in a database. He's backpedaled on these statements to varying degrees and it's still a little tough to tell where he currently stands. Trump wants to end restrictions on assault weapons, high capacity magazines and military style weapons and allow people to carry concealed weapons everywhere, including in schools. Trump has also backpedaled on what has been his landmark promise during the election, his pledge to deport all 11 million undocumented immigrants in one fell swoop. To the dismay of many of his supporters, he has shown everyone how unsure he is about immigration policy, doing a complete 180 on things that he guaranteed he would do. And anyone with any common sense knows that Mexico will not pay for a wall along our entire southern border. Despite the fact that he's held by his supporters as a champion of free speech and non political correctness, he wants to turn the laws against journalists in mind boggling and seemingly unconstitutional ways.
4: We're going to open up the libel laws so when they write falsely, we can sue the media and we can get the story corrected and get damages. Right?
3: He has had a disdain for the press who have, in general, gone easy on him. He's whined about newspapers and news channels he doesn't like. He's an extremely thin skinned pro censorship candidate. Trump has said disturbing things about nuclear war, including if we have nuclear weapons, why can't we use them, as well as saying that nuking Europe is not out of the question.
4: Uh, a foreign policy expert on international level, went to advise Donald Trump and three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. Mm. Three times he asked at one point, if we have them, why can't we use them?
3: Almost all of his policy prescriptions have been vague and unsubstantiated. He rarely gives any type of details as to how he's going to fix anything or even fulfill his own promises. With Trump, all you ever get is, hey, you can trust me. Because I'm going to hire the right people. China will be sorry. The people we have in the White House are stupid. We need someone who can make deals. We need someone who can bring back the American dream. And that's what I'm going to do, folks. That I can tell you. But almost everything that Trump has actually concretely suggested or promised to do that's been specific or tangible has been completely ludicrous, implausible, impossible to finance, or just outright tyrannical. It seems like one of the best things that Trump supporters are able to say about their candidate is that this is all just an act, all just theatrical, off-the-cuff hyperbole that's necessary to rally the public, and that soon we'll see the real Trump, a rational, knowledgeable, collected leader worthy of being our commander-in-chief but if that were true and there was actually a policy expert somewhere underneath it all a level-headed and presidential leader with thorough nuanced understandings of anything relevant to the presidency middle east politics economics the legal system social issues Don't you think we would have seen some indications by now, any signs whatsoever? Don't you think by this point Trump would have given us at least a few glimpses at a version of himself that isn't just a total layperson with a buffoonish demeanor? The success of Donald Trump in the 2016 race says a lot of unfortunate things about our country. This candidate has no experience. The only thing that people hold as his qualification is his business expertise, which is questionable at best and isn't even a relevant credential to begin with. He proves every day that he has a temperament totally unsuited to be president of the United States, the face of this country. He proves every day that he has no policy knowledge, nowhere near enough to be the commander in chief of the most powerful military in the world or the leader of the biggest economy in the world. Donald Trump belongs nowhere near the White House. Excuse me, but
4: She's still very beautiful. I moved on her, actually. You know, she was down in Palm Beach. I moved on her and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. it I, I did try and fuck her. She was married. That's huge news, Sarah. You know, Nancy. <laughs> No, this was... And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where that's some nice furniture. <laughs> I took her out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit. They're in the purple. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Yes, oh, the go. Donald has uh, scored.
0: Whoa. <laughs> oh, my man. Wait, wait. You got to look at me when this you get out of here. This is where he this up. up. That,
4: that is very you Give me the thumbs up. <laughs> you are You got to put the thumbs up. <laughs> right, we'll you
0: got to get the thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Can't we we be too happy. Can we get anybody else with. off
5: first?
4: Yeah, let me. It's very funny. You got to yeah. give me the thumbs up. Uh, you and I will walk in. Got it. Got it. So I
5: have
4: a clue. Okay. Maybe it's a different one. Oh, it better not be the publicist no it's, it's, her. it's her yeah that's her with the gold I gotta use some Tic Tacs just in case they start kissing her you know I'm automatically attracted to beautiful I just start kissing them it's like a magnet you just kiss <laughs> I don't even way. and when you're a star they let you do it you can do
3: anything
4: whatever you want grab them by the pussy <coughs> I can do anything oh,
0: those
4: legs all I can see is the legs no it
0: looks good come on shorty
4: Oh, nice legs, huh?
0: Oof, get out of the way, honey.
4: That's good legs. Good. ahead. It's always good if you don't fall out of the bus. Like Ford, Gerald Ford, remember? <laughs> Down below. Pull the L. Hello. How are you? Hi. Mr. Trump, how are nice you? You. Terrific. To meet you? Terrific. You know Billy Bush? Hello. Nice you? to see you. How are you doing, Ariane?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. Are you ready to be a soap star?
4: We're ready. Let's go. Make right. me a soap star. How about a little hug for the darling. He just got off the bus. Like a okay, absolutely. <laughs> Melania a little said
1: little
4: this to was okay. Yeah, I just got off the bus. Bushy, pushy. pushy. There, we go.
1: there
4: we go. Excellent. Well, you've got a nice co-star here. Good.
1: Yes, absolutely. After you.
4: Come on, Billy. Don't be shy. <laughs> as soon
0: as a beautiful woman shows up, he just he takes Get over. home. as always
4: happens.
1: I'm sorry. Come
0: here.
4: Right, let the little guy in, there.
1: Come yeah,
2: on. let the little guy in. How you feel now, buddy? I should actually. It's
4: hard to walk middle. next to a guy like here, wait, this. Hold on. Yeah, you get in the middle. There we go. Good. That's better. This is
2: much better. This right. is.
4: That's better. Now, if you had to choose, honestly, between one of us, me or the Donald, not do no, no. That's,
3: That's tough some competition. Right there. Yeah. Seriously, you had to. You had to take one of us as a date. to
2: have to take the fifth on that one. <laughs> really? Yep. I'll take both. Where are
3: we going? We'll... Which way?
2: <laughs> Make it right. Here we go. Goodbye. Right in the, the day.
4: Here he goes. I'm gonna leave you here. Can okay. i my microphone. Okay. You're gonna, oh, you're, you're finished? You're my man, yeah. Oh, let's good. Reset. I'm gonna go do our show. Oh, you wanna reset? Okay. Written by a nice reporter. Now the poor guy, you gotta see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I, don't I don't remember. I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. I Oh, maybe that's what I said. This is 14 years ago. He still, they didn't do a retraction.
2: So let's go through what Trumponomics means.
0: Ding, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing,
2: bing. On some questions, Trump follows the traditional Republican playbook. He promises tremendous huge, huge, huge tax cuts. He wants to cut personal income taxes, slash business taxes, and kill the tax on inherited money. But it's not clear how this is going to help the hard-done-buy. They don't have much income or wealth anyway, and some low- and middle-earner families would pay more tax under Trump than today. Trump says the wealthy are going to create tremendous jobs, but there's not much evidence that lower tax rates boost jobs. What's for sure is that they would make the deficit great again. The number crunchers have calculated that the Trump tax cuts would add some $5 trillion to the public debt. Those most certain to benefit would be billionaire businessmen and their children, people such as the Trumps.
0: Money, money, I want more
2: money. In other ways, Trump is a different kind of Republican. Ronald Reagan said, Tear down this wall. Donald Trump promises to build a wall.
4: And it's going to look beautiful because someday they'll call it the Trump wall. Who the hell knows?
2: If he's elected, one lucky construction company will make a fortune from building a beautiful wall along the Mexican border. What Trump doesn't explain is exactly how cracking down on immigration would bring prosperity back. In any case, more Mexicans are leaving the US now than arriving, and the number of illegal immigrants has been falling for years. That wall would keep more people in than out. It's on trade that Trump is the least Republican Republican around. The grand old party used to be free traders, but Trump's pitch is to be the country's dealmaker in chief. And he never tires of telling us that trade agreements have been disastrous deals for the US. He'll rip them up and put America first. That sounds good to communities that suffered a lot from global competition, especially after China joined the world trading system in 2001. Trump has talked of slapping a 35% tariff on Mexican imports and an even bigger 45% tariff on Chinese ones. That would amount to launching a trade war. So be it, Trump seems to say, if that's what it takes to stop them from stealing our jobs. Who could disagree? Well, almost all economists. Even when jobs have been lost because of trade, protectionism will not bring them back. One study of Trump's trade plans found that they would throw the US into recession and cost nearly 5 million jobs, including in manufacturing. That really would be huge. It would cost as many jobs as US factories lost to the China trade shock and the financial crisis combined. The fact is that even if some Americans have lost their jobs to globalization, many more have gained new and better jobs from the expanded exports that trade deals have allowed. US factories are producing more stuff than ever before, but with ever fewer people, because technology gets better all the time. Many Americans understand this. A majority of them think free trade is more of an opportunity than a threat. Trump's talk of a weak, ripped-off and humiliated country may resonate with that other America some people feel they live in. But most Americans live in an economy that works a lot better, Trump's economic policies, if they were enacted, could put an end to that.
5: But isn't it there un-American and wrong to discriminate against people based on their religion?
4: But Jimmy, the problem, I, I mean, look, I'm for it, but look, we have people coming into our country that are looking to do tremendous harm. You look at the two, look at Paris, look at what happened in Paris. I mean, these people, they did not come from Sweden, Okay. Look at what happened in Paris. Look at what happened last week in California with, with, you know, 14 people dead, other people going to die. They're so badly injured. I mean, we have a real problem. There's a tremendous hatred out there. And what I want to do is find out what, you know, you can't solve a problem until you find out what's the root cause. And I want to find out what is the problem, what's going on. And it's temporary. I've had so many people call me and say thank you. Now, if you remember, when I did that a week ago, it was like bedlam. All of a sudden, and you watch last night, and you see people talking, they're saying, well, Trump has a point. We have to get down to the problem. The people that are friends of mine, they called, they said, Donald, you've done us a tremendous service because we do have a problem, and we have to find out. Those may have been crank calls. Those may have been crank calls. (laughs)
5: One of the things I find fascinating about Donald Trump is the way he uses language differently than other candidates for political office, especially President of the United States. Whereas his opponents and the political class in general seem hyper-aware that their words will be picked apart and used against them, Trump willfully disregards this fact. As a lifelong salesman, he has a huckster's knack for selling A feeling, even if the ideas and facts that underscore it are spurious, racist, or just plain incomprehensible. So I thought it would be illuminating to look at a Trump answer to a simple question. In this case, Jimmy Kimmel asking Trump whether or not it's wrong to discriminate against people based on their religion, referring to Trump's proposal to temporarily ban all Muslims from entering the United States. This 220 word, exactly one minute answer displays, I think, a range of the things that Trump uses all the time in his speech. The first thing to note is how simple this language is. Of the 220 words, 172, or 78%, are only one syllable. And often they come in a rhythmic series like a volley of jabs ending with one of his buzzwords. We have to get down to the problem. 39 words, or 17%, are two syllables long. Only four words have three syllables, three of which are the word Tremendous. 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 And just two words are four syllables long. California, which he's forced to use because it has less syllables than San Bernardino, and temporary, which he swallows. And. It's temporary. I've had so many people. This breakdown fits with a study done by the Boston Globe that put all 2016 presidential candidates' announcement speeches through the Flesch-Kincaid readability test to determine their respective grade-level rankings. Donald Trump's speech came out at a fourth-grade reading level. Now, for reference, Ben Carson came out at sixth grade. Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush were speaking at an eighth grade reading level. And Bernie Sanders was way up in high school, a sophomore to be exact. Now, this isn't only down to word or syllable choice, it's about sentence construction, too. Trump favors simple sentences like,
4: We have a real problem. There's a tremendous hatred out there.
5: Rarely does he use complex sentences or independent clauses. He also favors the second person a lot of the time, addressing listeners directly with commands.
4: Look at at Paris. Look at what happened in Paris. Look at what happened in Paris. Look at what happened
5: last week in California. Or implicating us in what he's saying as if we've already agreed. And you watch last night and you see people talking. He's really good at this, at framing negative response as an overreaction that was subsequently realized as such. If you remember,
4: when I did that a week ago, it was like bedlam. All of a sudden, and you watch last night, and you see people talking, they're saying, well, Trump has a point, we have to get down to the problem.
5: Maybe the most important technique Trump utilizes, and he does this more than anyone I've ever heard, is ending his sentences with strong, punchy words. A lot of times, he'll rearrange the beginning of a sentence awkwardly so that he can end strong. For example, here, it would probably be more natural to say, you can't solve a problem until you find out what the root cause is. But he brings the is forward to end on root cause. He does the same here. And it looks like that's what he was about to do at the end before Kimmel cuts him off. These final words are crucial for Trump. They're pointed, and taken together sketch the theme of the entire answer. Arm
4: dead, die badly injured, problem root cause, thank you, bedlam point problem, service problem.
5: In some sense, it's these words that audiences remember, especially when the rest of his speech is incoherent. Like the best salesman, Trump keeps it simple. He repeats a lot. We have a real
4: problem. What is the problem? We do have a problem. We have to get down to the problem.
5: And he uses his favorite words over and over.
4: Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous service.
5: And he always seems to have friends who are part of the group that he's currently insulting, calling him up and thanking him for the privilege.
4: Many of them called me and they said, you know, Donald, you're right. We have a problem. I mean, look, there is a problem.
5: Donald Trump knows when to sound incredulous or forceful. He has good comedic instinct. You could even call him witty. But you can't call him smart or well-informed. The best salesman could sell you a TV without knowing anything about it. Because the TV isn't what matters. What matters is you. And if you are an American citizen who, for years, has listened to politicians sound sophisticated while accomplishing nothing, you might just be primed for something that is everything they are not. But the next time you feel like Donald Trump has a point, do yourself a favor
4: look at his words. You didn't call David Duke deplorable. I'm not a name caller. I don't I don't play that game.
5: Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that
4: of other white supremacists? I don't know anything about white supremacists, so I don't know. I'd like to see Roe versus Wake. Uh, overturned and consigned to the ash heap of history. Do you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no, as a principle. There has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. The American people don't want comprehensive immigration reform. You're going to have a deportation force. Indiana's governor, Mike Pence, signed something called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act into law. Protesters say it allows businesses to discriminate against gay people. You might try to appoint justices to overrule the decision on same-sex marriage. I would strongly consider that, yes. All of this with the global warming and the, that, and a lot of it's a hoax. Wages too high. So do not raise the minimum. Wage. I would not raise the minimum. A low minimum wage is not a bad thing for this country. I was totally against the war in Iraq. From a, You can look at Esquire magazine from 04, You can look at before that. And I was against the war
5: in Iraq. So you're moderating a forum with a candidate for president of the United States, and you get hit with a couple statements that are presented as truth. The crux of the answer is that he, Donald Trump, never supported the invasion of Iraq in 2003. This part you can check pretty easily. Trump's referring to this article, in which he doesn't so much explicitly state his opposition to the war as, say, what a mess it is and that he would never have handled it that way. Also, Trump's repeated claim is that he opposed the war from the beginning, which was a year before this article was published in August 2004, right at the moment, by the way, when public opinion was changing on the war from positive to negative. In fact, Esquire felt so strongly that Trump had misrepresented his position in the piece, particularly in this major foreign policy speech from August.
4: I was at a- opponent of the Iraq
5: war from the beginning that they added an editor's note correcting him at the top of the article. Being a well-informed and prepared moderator you would of course know all these things that Trump's opposition to the war a cornerstone of his foreign policy credentials is questionable at best and you would also know this which was said on the same stage to you less than an hour before.
3: Now my opponent was for the war in Iraq. He says he wasn't. You can... You can go back and look at the record. He supported it. He told Howard Stern he supported it.
4: Are you for invading Iraq? Yeah, I guess
5: so. So now's your chance to push back on a statement that you know is a lie. A lie about an issue that was decisive in Hillary Clinton's defeat by Barack Obama in 2008. A lie this candidate used to separate himself from his primary opponents. Just a fucking lie. Correcting that sort of deceit is what a journalist is trained to do. Or you could just... Move on. People talk about you and Commander-in-Chief, and not just Secretary Clinton, but some
4: of your Republican opponents in the primary season, and they wonder about your temper.
5: We shouldn't be too harsh on Matt Lauer alone. Fact-checking in the 2016 election has proven to be a gargantuan and uniquely difficult task in the face of two candidates with shaky relationships to the truth. I mean, there are no shortage of clip compilations on YouTube showing Hillary Clinton being less than honest. Just a few weeks ago, for example, she said this.
4: I'm the only candidate who ran in either the Democratic or the Republican. Republican primary who said from the very beginning, I will not raise taxes on the middle class,
5: which is kind of odd considering that 15 out of 17 GOP candidates for president actually signed a written pledge agreeing to no tax hikes Not just on the middle class on everyone I found that live pretty easily with the help of politifact.com one of the largest online fact-checking sites in the world and The internet has been at the forefront of dedicated fact-checking operations since the early 2000s in 2000 in 2016 the Duke Reporters Lab found 96 active fact-checking projects in 37 different countries and these organizations do great work collecting dubious political statements and judging their accuracy on nuanced rating scales but there's one problem.
4: Mr. Trump, let's stay on this issue of immigration. Um, you have been very critical of Mark Zuckerberg, of Facebook, who has wanted to increase the number of these I not, H-1B. I was not at
5: all critical of him.
4: Uh, where did I read this and come up with this that you were... Probably, I don't know, you, you people write this stuff, I don't know where you <laughs> <laughs>
5: The problem is that television is still the number one source of information for American voters. And on television, politicians who lie often get a free pass. In the clip we just saw, that moderator went on to apologize for her mistake. That's pretty unbelievable, considering that the article she mentioned with Trump's criticism of Mark Zuckerberg not only existed, it existed on Trump's own website. That's unpreparedness to the extreme. But it goes further than that, because even when you are aggressive and prepared, Trump has a way of wriggling out of the truth. Like when he lied and said that he saw Arabs cheering in Jersey City on 9-11.
4: You know, the police say that didn't happen and all. Those rumors have been on the internet for some time. So did you miss- misspeak did yesterday? Happen. I saw it. It you was You saw that with your own eyes? It. Georgia Please did say happen. Didn't happen. There were people that were cheering oh, in the other side of New Jersey where you have large Arab populations. They were cheering as the World Trade Center came down.
5: We have three extremely important presidential debates coming up. Those moderators have a huge task taking on candidates as shameless as Trump and as calculated as Clinton. But their focus should be on the audience and on what works. And what works on TV is imagery, graphics. I mean, one of the most effective fact checks this election season was by Fox News, who not only called Trump out on his lies, but projected the actual facts onto the screen for the audience to see.
4: Your numbers don't add up. Let me explain Sorry. something. The
5: second thing networks should do is fact check in real time on chirons. As was pointed out to me by master fact checker Alexios Manzarlis over at the Pointer Institute, CNN experimented with fact checking chirons earlier this election season. Now, it's unclear if it was a mistake, But, for God's sake, it was awesome. A huge problem with lies on TV news is that they tend to be repeated or shown without any clear indication that they're false. In fact, I did that at the beginning of this video. In 2012, the New America Foundation found that the more familiar a claim becomes, the more likely we are to think it's true. Even after we've heard a correction. So instead of that completely stupid audience reactionometer, networks carrying the debates could throw up a Chiron that refutes patently false claims in real time. TV networks, by and large, have steered clear of these measures, perhaps out of some vague notion of neutrality. One debate moderator has already said that he doesn't feel like it's his job to be a truth squad. What do you do if they make assertions that you know to be untrue?
4: That's not my job. job. I do not believe that it's my job to be a truth
5: squad. But what are news organizations, if not truth squads? Free people the world over still care about facts. And we look to our news media to sort through bullshit and lies to find them. The fact is that neutrality doesn't mean equivalency. Hillary Clinton lies more than she should. And it's important for fact checkers to call her and every other politician on it. You talk about leveling with the American people. Have you always told the truth?
3: I've always tried to. Always. Always.
5: Some people are going to call that wiggle room. But let's be honest, Donald Trump exists in a totally different category. Lies and bullshit are his political currency. What do I know about it? All I know is what's on the internet. You may not be able to get through to Donald Trump, but good journalism can get through to the rest of us. So if you get a chance to speak to any of our leaders in a public forum, make sure you're well-prepared and aggressive. And if you understand what the facts are, let us know
4: know what I said uh, I, don't I don't
3: remember everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credential therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month
1: When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC, spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.